Can you lend a nigga a pencil? What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On today's Season 11 finale episode, we'll first dive into a couple of news nuggets, such as Meek Mill wanting to be just as respected as Kendrick Lamar, Lil Nas X winning more respect from the hip-hop community as an artist, and NLE Choppa threatening to quit rap over the COVID vaccine. Then we'll share our thoughts on the Roots MC Black Thought joining Broadway with the play Black No More and how we feel hip-hop culture can mesh with the Broadway scene. Then the crew will share what they feel are the best and greatest hip-hop album closers. What makes for a great final track on an album? Then we'll share our final thoughts on Dave Chappelle's latest special, The Closer, and the controversy surrounding some of his commentary. Then for our album Face Off, we'll be putting Run the Jewels 3 by Run the Jewels against Vaudeville Villain by Victor Vaughn and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. If I know where I'm going and I know I'm gonna be in and out the car, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I, shoot, I, I, I won't even take a jacket with me if it's like a quick trip. You know, hey, went in Rome, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, so I'm waiting for a couple of stragglers <clears throat> at the moment, but uh, I did want to say, uh, send a shout out to and say congratulations to the Chicago Sky. Uh, our hometown WNBA team won their first WNBA championship uh, this past week. Uh, they defeated the Phoenix Mercury team out there repping where, where Vince is at. They defeated the Phoenix Murder- Mercury three games to one and uh, brought home their first title. Uh, Kalia Cooper was the finals MVP. Candace Parker was able to help bring a, a championship, Chicago's first championship to her hometown. So that was cool to watch, man. That was cool to watch. Yeah, uh, it was. It was yeah. Um, too, at the same time. I'm in Phoenix, but the Phoenix area. And right. It's like mental tug of war in my head. Not really, but, but you know, one, one thing I will say, those were the most exciting 
WNBA games I've ever watched. I don't know why it was. Maybe it's because I was home team involvement. I don't know. And the stakes but, was high. But yeah, but they were they were entertaining. I, I must say, you know, it was a bunch. You know, there was some last minute hero heroism, heroics. I would say as far as hitting those, you know, those game time shots and blocks and all that type of stuff, which makes the game interesting. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Because they were down that game by like eleven. Yeah. And, um, at a certain point, they did mount a comeback. So, yeah, man, it's it's exciting basketball, man. I, I told my son as soon as he gets his shots, and we could go back in public uh, places that we're definitely gonna hit up a WNBA game. So, you know, he was he was cool with that. What's going on? Who is that? Is that Jamil? Absolutely. <laughs> Joe Clark up, Jr. <laughs> What up, Vince? What's up? How you feeling? I was just we out I was here. Just, I was just I was just saying a few congratulations to the uh to the Chicago Sky for winning uh the first WNBA championship for Chicago. Mm-hmm. Shout uh, out to all the newly minted uh Chicago Sky fans. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey man, bandwagoners are welcome. They're welcome, you know. <laughs> How else we gonna get support, you know? And honestly speaking, the way these Bulls tickets are about to be, because of the new team, there might be even more fans. <laughs> man, you ain't you ain't never lied, man. I mean, the, the prices of the tickets never did go down, but now that they're actually going to be a decent team, man. They, they, if nothing else, they're going to be exciting. Them tickets are going through the roof. Yeah, run them pockets, son. Run them pockets. Believe it. The ceiling is the roof. I'm trying to graduate myself into an only salad diet for about a month. So I've been eating salads while barbecuing. And uh, okay. man, it's paying off. I've lost some weight already. That's How much are you trying to lose? Man, I don't want to say on the, on the screen. Well, on the <laughs> right, right, right. I want to lose at least 40. At least 40. Okay. And I got it to lose. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you, out here living, you out here living lavish, huh? <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I want to lose at least 40 to get into a, a nice, comfortable 235. But I, I want to get down to like 220 if possible. Wait, how tall are you? Six two and a half. Okay. That, that half inch means everything, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave it out, but yeah, it's six two. So okay. you know, I was lifting weights and stuff too. So like, gotta do it. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't show as much like what the weight I'm actually holding, but I need to lose it. Got to yeah, be healthy. We, we sometimes we know how to carry it well, you know, till, till we till we take our clothes off and we spilling out everywhere. Man, who you talking? I'll be having some good days though. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i'm i'm good now okay all right so we're gonna dive into the show first of all man a couple of uh couple of news nuggets rappers out here man they they they, they want their respect man they want people to put respect on their name uh a couple of news nuggets i wanted to touch on i think i was sent this originally by you jamil um it was a quote from meek mill uh where he said that he demands but he's basically demanding the same respect as Kendrick Lamar. 
And I went ahead, I looked up the quote, and he was saying, he said, personally, and it's up for the fans to have an opinion, and that's what keeps me going. I don't feel like I get the credit that I deserve as far as the artists. I come from the 2012 era. If you go check the 2011 freshman class cover, uh, I'm on the cover. It's me, YG, Kendrick Lamar, it's Mac Miller, and rest in peace, Fred the Godson. Then he went on to say, I'm one of them guys that's still here in 2021. I'm about to put on at a talented level, not a marketed level. So reading the whole quote, you know, within context, kind of, to me, it it, kind of mitigates a little bit of what he said, where he was, he threw YG and Mac Miller in there too. I mean, what do y'all think? You all think he deserves the same credit as, as these artists, in particularly Kendrick Lamar. That's, that's the one I got hung up on. Uh, What do y'all think? Is he not getting credit? Like, what is he talking about? People rock with me. I think he wants the same critical acclaim. Um, He's not being mentioned among the top five. That's better. So, this is this is the pure thing about when you have somewhat of a remorse about what you did with your career. Because don't get me wrong, I think Meek Mills is dope. He can write and all of that, but when you, the response you get towards your music isn't critically acclaimed, there has to be a reason. Um, sometimes it's more involved than just the skill or talent you have, but a lot of times it's partly that. Um, you've been in jail for a good amount of time while you were out as well, like when you were popping. Um, That's a good point. That, that leads to it. But like sometimes you know how, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, what's the guy from Black Eyed, Black Eyed Peas? Uh, oh, well, I am. Well, I am was having something similar going on. It was like, I should be this, so I should be viewed as that. And it's like, no, it's basically what you did in your career. You're getting the feedback properly. You just wish because you wish you may possibly did something different. But um, that's what I think it is. You, you, you're not getting what you wanted to get. Now, don't get me wrong, he's still around, but nah, he ain't, he ain't doing what J. Cole or Kendrick is doing as far as the impact in, in the music. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about it's it's about your, your, your output, man. I mean, you, you know, Mick Mill ain't, ain't my cup of tea, you know, but I would imagine in some circles, people would put him on the same level as a Kendrick or might, maybe even above a Kendrick, depending on what type of you know what brand of hip-hop that particular circle gravitates to you know what i mean they must all be relatives i mean i mean <laughs> I, but let's not act like there's there ain't some dudes out here that's like man could you be on that weird stuff let's not uh-huh. act like them them dudes ain't out there no you're right you hey, know that's why I, it's, it's gonna be some but we're talking about critical that means the majority right Hey, but then he he just got to be better, man. He just got to be better. I, you know, that. some 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 artists excel at putting out really solid, consistent albums. Some excel at dope features. Some excel at great singles, putting out great singles. But I, I think Kendrick Kendrick gets the majority of his acclaim for all of the above. And you know, if he wants to be mentioned in that light, then yeah, he just he just got to be better. But gotta be a better MC. This is this is Meek's uh, a line from Meek's debut verse, at least the first time I heard. 
And I quote, I'm a boss, like my nigga Rose. Shorty asked me for a check. I told that bleep, like, no way. <laughs> hey, you want to be Kendrick? Come on, bro. Well, see, like I said, it's the acclaim. So, once again, there's a difference between the writing process. Fair. Well, it's level, <laughs> but it's, it's levels. It's levels to it. When you say difference, what what I hear is there's levels to it. There's, well, there's, correct. There's, well, correct. There's, there's levels to it, and there's also there's also a substance behind that too. So what I, what I'm what I'm really getting at is that if anybody's gonna say what's his biggest contribution to rap music, people are gonna say Dreams and Nightmare, and that was off of his first. I don't know if that's his first album, but it was off the one where he got. You know, he was, this is where he was supposed to be his, his introduction to the masses of, uh, you know, people listening to, to, to rap. That was years ago. Yeah. Now, like I said, and also there's a difference between making art and making hits. And, and Meek Mill is in the hits category. He can make hits. He's made some. And that's, that's, that's kind of being that's kind of being generous though too it's like to me i don't know to say he excels in making hits i think i think he's okay at making I mean, that's, that's that's the lane he he rides he makes music exactly he makes exactly. hits. he's trying to make hits but it's nothing that you'll be playing 15 20 years from now now kendrick and j cole they'll be they'll be played 30 years from now Oh yeah, oh yeah. At least, at least for me. But I mean, it's gonna be other people like that too. I'm not. I mean, I, when I hear when I hear Meek Mill, I'll listen to it. But I'm not searching him out to listen to him. My, yeah, my my problem is when Meek Mill comes on. I'm just like, usually people have to tell me that's Meek Mill <laughs> because he sounds like every other Philly rapper to me. That's that's my biggest problem with Meek Mill. But I mean, I don't know, Jamil. I'll give you the last word on this. My thing is. I, I kind of put him what Meek is saying in the same spot as, as Drake has said similar things or has has inferred similar things. You you chase the money, right? You chase the money first. That's what your goal was. You made your music with that in mind, and so you make a certain type of music to appeal to the masses to get the money. You did that. You traded culture for commerce. And that's cool. That was a decision that you made. But you don't get to come back now and say, yo, I deserve I deserve this, you know, cultural cachet as well. You didn't put the work in for that. Now, it's not to say that he couldn't, you know, release um, more thoughtful, more creative music in the future. And perhaps you get that. Perhaps you get mentioned in those same spaces as a Kendrick or a Cole or uh, even a YG, honestly. Because YG has kind of carved out a lane that's that's kind of uniquely Memphis. That even if it's not my particular cup of tea, I think he's um, he's kind of unique in that Meek just isn't. And you took an L to Drake in a rap battle, so <laughs> where where's this where's this respect that you speak of supposed to come from? Very good point. Very good point. Once again, right. it, like I said, that jail means something. He went to jail twice. Yeah. Second time, yeah. even though people say he shouldn't have been in there, he should have been getting his bars up while he was behind bars. Though, shouldn't know, shouldn't know, nigga that been in jail lose to lose in a battle to Drake. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's real. 
That's real. Yeah. And if you shouldn't be out there popping willies, if you know that, that could possibly get you. Well, that, um, that was bogus. That was bogus. I, I, I okay. That's true too. But you I mean. You shouldn't have went to jail for that. That was, that was some fishy stuff when you dig into that story about the judge and trying to make him an example. But but we got to move on. We got to move on. Um, speaking of rappers who want more respect, Little Nas X has also come out and said something similar. And I, I'm going to quote it <clears throat> directly. He said, uh, he said, honestly, I don't feel as respected in hip hop or many music places in general. But these are the communities that I am a part of whether people would like it or not. Um, and basically the gist of the article is that he wants more respect uh, in, in hip hop. What what are y'all's response to, to that with, with, with Little Nas X in particular? Do you think there is a reason he might feel this way? And do you feel he's justified? I'm sorry. And do you feel he's justified in feeling that he deserves more respect? Can I quote Young Dro again? <laughs> Keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of similar to what I would say about Meek. Uh, your content is not not good, and it's not even a matter of personal taste at this point. It's not not good in the turn in the sense of hip hop. Like your introduction to the world was a country song. You use trap drums, but your appeal and your your target was not the hip hop audience. You were intentionally being provocative by putting this out as a you know kind of a country song and that's what you were chasing and when they wouldn't let you in on the country charts you fought for that and matter of fact hip-hop kind of had your back in that way right and they and a lot of people were pushing for him to get the recognition on the country charts and you took that cowboy thing as far as you could take it and then you know pulled a little b on us and um you know now he's courting uh, according all of the, the trappings that come with being part of the LG, LGBT community, I, I'm sure I'm missing a letter, no disrespect. Um, it's like you, you go out and you seek all of this other approval and none of, none of what you're doing really appeals to, you know, people that ride with hip hop for real, even though they had your back in the beginning and people still, you know, people still rock with dude. It's just the, the music just isn't great. At least that which I've heard of it. Maybe he got some, you well, know, some fire bars that I missed. <laughs> I'll say this: Lil, Lil Nas's X music, honestly, like it's not terrible. I've heard worse, but it's not for me. You know, so it, it, it doesn't. Hip hop. Yeah, it, it is not for me because yeah, I'm a hip hop head and I I, I gravitate toward hip hop. So I, I'm not gonna just be like dismiss him and be like his music is trash, but it's just not for me and it's not, it's not, it doesn't appeal to people who just love hip hop. Now, as far as wanting more ex acceptance as a rapper and respect as a rapper, my response to that is rap more. You know, it's it's right. it's, it's the same thing I would tell Drake or Doja Cat or Post Malone or Travis Scott or any of these other artists who like the total line between uh, hip hop and pop. Just make more respectable rap. You you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, I'm a pop star, I'm a rock star. Don't you know? Don't hold me to the same standards as traditional rappers. But then turn around and say, well, you know, respect me more. You know. And in the case of Little Nas X, I, I feel sometimes he just wants to get the accolades for being the first openly gay rapper. You know, mm -hmm. and and, and I, he's he's on this mission. I'm going to make a place for myself. 
you know, as as the gay rapper. And, and I'm going to leave with my sexuality. And he has every right to do that, you know. But he does this as opposed to just focusing on just giving the audience some quality music. Which you is know, wild like, because, my, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, like, just speaking for me personally, like, I don't like it when heter heterosexual artists lead with their sexuality. It's corny to me when they do it. You know, so I I think that's part of the reason he's having such a hard time uh, finding acceptance. And just because you say words that rhyme does not make you a rapper. That's you know, what I was about to say. Like, the mom was about to ask a question like, what rap song? See Nothing that he's put at least um, on the radio or what made him popular. That, that that song with Billy Ray Cyrus is not a rap song. No, that's not a rap song. Well, I, I haven't heard his album, but I, I'm I'm assuming there's some more rapish stuff on the on the actual album. I, I'm guessing. What he, in these two three songs he got on the radio? They aren't rap songs either. So like, how you gonna say you're a hip hop artist and the stuff he's putting out mainstream ain't even hip hop? Like that's weird. But I will say this: there's a new guy coming out. He just he was on the BT Cipher and he's all the way in as far as the lgbtq his name is kid ken he's from chicago 18 years old he yeah he's the first i heard about Sound like him. a south rider he's the first <laughs> he's the first i don't know yeah. jamil i think he might be from madison and uh madison and homan <laughs> nah, nah bro nah that's 75th and jeffrey all day yeah, but I, I was just gonna say, you know, just just making words, putting words together that rhyme doesn't make you a rapper, you know. G gonna make you sweat by Freedom Williams, you're like yeah, that that yeah, it slaps for <laughs> the time, but you know that didn't make that didn't make them that that's not rap, you know. Right. Or the Super Bowl Shuffle, that the Super Bowl Shuffle didn't mean the '85 Bears were rappers, exactly. you know. Now, you know, when it comes to you know his his sexuality being an obstacle in acceptance. You know, I, nobody nobody said a word when Andre 3000 wore a dress way back in the year 2000. We all looked the other way. Why? Nah, people was talking crazy, but nobody like. Yeah, but it stopped. wasn't. It, nobody stopped listening to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. wasn't nobody doing think pieces or, 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 or making videos nah. about no agenda. For the reason nah. why was because he was dope. Like he had given us so much you know good material as far as just being a dope mc it was like okay exactly. yeah this dude's a little weird but we'll 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 ride with it I, I give and i'll even give you a modern day example tyler the creator that's what i was about to say yep was, yeah. i'm sorry go ahead what were you gonna say about no that? no please 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 uh, I'll, 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 I'll put you back afterward because because tyler was was an example that i was thinking of um you were kind of touching on the point that i was making like if you if you if you dope, nobody cares. Like people might hear a line or two, like that's weird. But Tyler don't have these problems, and he and he said a lot of you know suspect lines, like and has had people guessing about his sexuality for quite some time. Oh, that's like, just, we don't really. That's just Tyler being creative. Is it? I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think he's playing around with that in twenty. Well, you know what? You're right. You're right. You you right. You're, I, I think. I think he he's probably bi. Well, yeah, Could be. He, he, Could but be. I know he loves to keep people guessing. For sure, for sure. But either but either way, 
No, nah, just go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Either way, whether he's serious or not, the fact is, it doesn't matter, right? Because the music is dope. Yeah. And that's what, and that's kind of where he leaves with. Like that stuff comes out in the music, and he'll he'll say whatever he says in interviews, and and you know, he'd be wilding at award shows and stuff like that. That's all part of the, the title package. But the music comes first, and that's what's being led with. And then you know, all of this other stuff you can kind of take or leave because the music is dope. If it was only the antics without the music or the music had more of a pop sensibility to it, then he would be in the same boat as Lil Nas X. Yeah, but like I said, uh, Kid Ken, he's all the way in it. I don't know if anybody saw the BT award. I saw the Cypress and when I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's Kid Ken. I heard about so, him. So how does he rap? Like, oh, he can, that boy can cope. So like, it's, it's, he can, he got it. So once you hear him, You'll know that's him, but you wouldn't know that he's well. You can hear it in his his inflection of his voice, because he, you know, he talks like a person of that persuasion. But he can rap, but he can rap. Okay. There's no, there's no degradation in his skills. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's there. He got skills. If you want to really, you want to listen to him, just hit the BT site. Now, there's a there's a there's a, a rapper by the name of from Chicago by the name of Roy Kinsey, who's super dope, dope lyrics, he has a great ear for production, and he's a rapper who just happens to be gay. Uh, he's been out for a good twelve years now, but um, he's a like I said, he's a rapper who happens to be gay. He's not a gay rapper, if that makes sense. And <laughs> no, 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 it makes perfect sense. It's, I say the same thing about white rappers. There are white rappers and white rappers who happen to be white. Right, yeah, but if you hear, if you ever heard Roy Kinsey's music, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay." He he's he talking that stuff. He he can he can spit, you know, with the best of them, you know. Now now as little Nas X goes, allow, allow me to <laughs> to be devil's advocate here. Could it be that his antics are are or the the fact that he's using these these over sexualized antics to gain attention and notoriety? Could it be? heterosexual artists fall because in the past many times heterosexual artists have used their sexuality to gain publicity and maybe he's just taking a page out of that playbook madonna prince safari you know what i mean you know ray j with the sex tape kim k it's like heterosexual celebrities and artists have always courted controversy as well so could it be that he's just taking a page out of that playbook no sure. I, I don't think it i don't even i don't know if that's the most effective way to explain it um i think he's just doing what drives the system like that's that's the system now i think if he was emulating anything it would be the women's way of over-sexualizing themselves because men don't really over-sexualize themselves like that. It's a dip. They talk about a lot of that, but they don't. They don't do a lot of sexual antics. If you if you catch my drift. Yeah, but so, they might they might let a sex tape leak on purpose. Other than yeah. Ray J, though, I can't really think of who who would be. I didn't didn't Safari have like something leaked or something or some pictures? Oh, yeah, you don't count. I was gonna say, Safari a rapper? I thought dude was just, he was Nicki Minaj's ex and yeah, he was on. a glorified backup dancer. 
Right, and then he was on a TV show. Like that nigga don't count. But but you <laughs> hit it on the head again when you was talking about the other rapper that's gay. He leads like there's a difference. Like you said, he's a rapper that's gay. But Lil Nas X is trying to be a gay rapper. He's he's leading with the gay first and then rapper second. He wants you to see that he's gay first. Like then you have a rapper that may be homosexual, but he's not. But he's just rapping like I rap. But right, I'm all logic. No, yeah. (laughs) Oh wow. (laughs) (laughs) Bang bang. Wow, <laughs> but enough about that. Enough about that. I, I I think I think that Lil Nas X is getting what he bargained for. Um, As you know, is Meek Mill, right? I was just about to quote Jamil, like what you said about Meek Mill. He traded in any cultural currency he could have had for controversy, you know, and publicity. And this is this is what that gets you, you know. This is what that gets you. But moving right along, um, I don't know if y'all heard about this NLE Chopper. Has threatened to quit rap over the vaccine. Did he start rapping? I don't know. <laughs> like, where did he start? I don't know. I, I, really, I mean, I might have heard something, but I don't even know if I have. He, he's got a few cuts circulating around there. I mean, does, does he have a substantial uh, career uh, at this point? No. I mean, <laughs> come on. When I, when, when, I, when I heard this story, I was just like, oh, okay, not, yeah, not, not MLE Chopper. Um, oh, no. Disrespectful. Not to be disrespectful to anybody that's an artist, but that is the equivalent of somebody getting on Facebook to let people know that they're taking a break off of Facebook. Correct. Correct. Why yeah, would, who cares? He, he's he's eight. He's 18 years old, man. It's like what he wants out of life is going to change so many times between now and the next 10 years. It's like, and to be honest, man, as far as NLE Chopper goes, he needs to rap more than we need him to rap. So, hey, look, if you want to quit over getting a vaccine or I, I don't I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know if this was a case of like he had a I, I bet this is what happened, though. He probably had a was booked for a performance at some venue and they uh-huh. said all our performers have to be vaccinated or you cannot perform and he probably missed out on some bread so you're gonna miss out on more bread on top of that and say all right well i'm just not gonna do this no more that's that's a very 18 year old way of looking at the world yeah it very is. very 18 year old slash emotional i wonder if his father yes grew up with his father I, and, and i made it may sound bogus to say that but it's a lot of there's a connection with that, if, if you notice. A lot of guys that, that say those very emotional reactions. You, 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 you're bringing up a topic that, that is a whole nother discussion on. I know what you're getting at. I definitely know what you're getting at. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a yeah that's a deep discussion. I don't, I don't even know if I'm I'm, I'm qualified to have it, but. You are, but this, this ain't the this ain't the show for it. I guess. Sure, you are. You are. You are a man who grew up with his father, so you have perspective on it. You're qualified. Maybe okay. not this evening, but I think that's a, a topic <laughs> worth discussing. Right? Maybe. Maybe. maybe there's a lot of that in hip hop. There's a lot of that in hip hop for sure. And yeah. you, and you don't make emotional decisions more times than not. 
you, you, you respond instead of react. So you do have, you are qualified. Yeah, mo- most definitely. I, I definitely, yeah, agree with, with, with you know with y'all statements on that. I just there, there's some other sociological factors that you know feed into bad decision making. You know, by by I mean, as science has shown us that a, a man's brain isn't even done developing to the age of 25. So, right, you know, it's 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 all sorts of factors to weigh in, but there there are some other factors that also cannot be ignored as well. When it comes to you know upbringing, so but uh, but hey, look, NLE Chopper, if you want to make this your hill to die on, man, um, <laughs> hey, screw it, die then. Right, right, right. I was about to, I was about to point you to my avatar. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I knew that this happened is just because you said it right now. Like straight up, I had not heard this. I would not have known that he stopped. Like I said, I don't know anything. I would have not known he was on the radar at all. He's not on it. Yeah, it was it was a blip. This story was a blip in the hip hop news and uh, circle or whatever. So it's 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 nothing that a whole lot of people are talking about. But hey, man, you know there, there's other ways to get your money. You know, do rap. But I don't know, man. Take that vaccine. Take that vaccine. Stop, stop, stop playing around. Enough is enough. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next up, Black Thought is going on Broadway. Let me let me pull up that story real quick. Um, we kind of had a we kind of knew this was coming because of his his involvement with some other uh, Broadway plays like Hamilton. Uh, but he's going to be going. Black Thought's going to be going uh, on tour. Not I shouldn't say on tour, but he's been booked to be a performer in the musical play Black No More. Uh, the the this this play includes music and lyrics written by Black Thought, and he's finally you know gonna get a chance to be in a spotlight spitting his raps in this play, and this is what he said. He said this uh, this music transcends genre, but most of it feels like Black music. I feel like this play we might be able to break it down and use it as an education in the origins and history of Black music. I don't feel like I was confined. I didn't feel like I had to stick to music of the day. I felt we were able to tell the story and make it in very in, in very many ways a period piece without only writing jazz music. Now, if you're familiar with the book Black No More, um, it was uh, it was written by John Schuyler and it's, it's a sat- satirical story uh, written during the ha- Harlem Renaissance where it, t- it features a, a, a a scientific procedure where black people could turn their skin white and there's a pretty interesting love story that takes place in this world now what do y'all think about this do you just are y'all excited about the 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 prospect of what this play could be or what it could how 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 it could display hip-hop in a positive light i remember bringing up hip-hop and broadway before on the show when I had, uh, I believe it was Reggie and Jason on, and they were not going for it. But, um, <laughs> you know, and when I say it, I mean the the marriage between hip hop and Broadway musicals. What's y'all's thoughts on it though? Yeah, I was I was on that one too. Um, were I, you? Oh, yeah, I was on it. Okay, okay. I think it's dope because I think, like Hamilton, Hamilton, I think, was over. It was since that's all that it was. It was oversaturated, and it got. It started to feel like a gimmick. At closer towards the end, 
because that's what it all that's what it was entirely. But if this like if it's a percentage of it, because you know you go to see Broadway to see Broadway, but if you can intersperse other things in the culture, that that adds to Broadway. It kind of evolves it to some degree, but not entirely. You know if that makes any sense. At least in my opinion, I think that Black Thought, like adding his two cents into Broadway, is dope because the way he writes it lends to that. It's, it has a it has a the, his, the way he writes is kind of theatrical, so it lends to him being able to translate into Broadway, but not one hundred percent the entire um, Broadway show being that. That's my opinion. Okay, understood, understood. What, what do you think, Jamil? I mean, how is it any different from any other musical? Like, other plays do the same thing and they'll have, you know, written dialogue where the characters interact and stuff will happen. And then there's a moment where a song breaks out and it makes sense and it doesn't necessarily take you out of the story. It makes sense for the, for the project. So this just feels to me like, you know, a similar thing. It's just that you're injecting hip hop into it. And if I would trust anybody to that, it would be somebody like a Black Thought because this is a person who kind of, you know, travels in that space. Like he's a rapper's rapper at the end of the day, but he's also, you know, a really thoughtful and cultural dude. So you know that he's um, had some, at least some exposure to uh, Broadway productions and, you know, with high, high production value to it. So I, I don't think that this is gonna end up being something corny. Like I've seen hip hop shows performed um, long before there was a Hamilton and I've seen some done really well and some, some done very poorly. It just kind of depends on who's involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think Black Thought was a perfect candidate for something like this, you know, given he's such a seasoned uh, live performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's a great rhyme writer too you know if you have not read that book it's a good book um (laughs) it's got some dark humor in there definitely and it feels man it it, it's eerily eerily current um Mm. with some of the politics and and everything in the book and and how people of a certain ideology react to, to, to certain things but um I'm, I'm personally looking forward to it. You know what I mean? I, I I don't see this becoming a just a new norm as far as Broadway goes. But, um, you know, for people I, our generation who grew up on hip hop, I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good evolution of, of the culture or at least a part of the evolution of the culture. I mean, you go to a Broadway play to see a good performance, you know, whatever form that performance might might take. You know, and if that performance takes on a bunch of really dope, thought-provoking raps, then so be it. You know, you know, let's. You know, I don't like I don't like pigeonholing things. You know, so um, I think it's a good look, man. I think it's a good look, and if I ever get the opportunity to actually see this play, like, I, I most definitely will. Yeah. I uh, I think I, I uh, disagree with you on this not becoming the norm, though. Oh, yes. really? I do. I think, um, especially if this has a level of success anywhere even approaching Hamilton, like I don't think it'll ever be that. But if it has a you know a certain level of success and decent run, I can see that happening. I mean, look at 
look at where we are now as it relates to hip-hop like it's in everything i got i got like songs that are are hip-hop based that i'll play my son that like teaches you the alphabet and how to count by threes and stuff the the wax um, wax (laughs) the raps are are whack by you know any standard of lyricism but they hip-hop beats and they are in fact rapping and you know it's it's clearly you know two middle-aged suburbanites that are doing this (laughs) but it's it's there you know what i mean in in a place that you would never expect they expected something for toddlers and you got your hip-hop harry and you know you can't turn on a a commercial without some sort of a hip-hop backdrop if it's not a direct you know song that's been lifted it's the hip-hop aesthetic it is a hip-hop beat it's the slang it's like it is co-opted into everything so why would this not follow suit yeah i i i see what you're saying i i I just don't see it becoming the norm because i think there are very few people out there in, in in the broadway world who have an interest in doing it and the ability to do it right I think I think that'll that'll change over time, and there'll be more and more people who who can and will do it. But I, I still think they're going to be a minority, you know. And as far as this particular play go- goes, I don't see it being making the same splash as a Hamilton because just because the theme is the themes are so black. I mean, this is like Alan Payne and CB4 black. So <laughs> you know, I don't I don't see it making the same splash uh, as as a Hamilton, you know. You know, and getting the same, you know, accolades. But um, it'd be great if all it you, did. All you need is the the right liberal, uh, what do you call them, um, reviewer. Like the 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 white guilt would be all over this. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, it's it's gonna need like a Tanahasi Coates or what's the other dude? Uh, the dude with the wild hair, um, not Cornell West, the other guy, the young Cornell West. What's his name? Oh, Torrey. No, no, not Torrey. Kamal. He had a show. Kamal. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, w. Kamal Bell or M. Kamal Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, like if if they start caping for it, then you know, yeah, maybe it'll get some traction. But I don't know, man. Even then, I just don't see people. <clears throat> I, don't, <laughs> I don't see people responding to it the same way, you know, just because of the super black things you know but please hey. let beyonce show up yeah 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 uh yeah it would take somebody like her to really bring some some put put a spotlight on it you know yeah yeah most definitely all righty then um let's move right along to our main topic for the night uh this is our season 11 finale our our, our closer episode for the season we're gonna take a break for a little while uh, so this will be our last show for for at least a few weeks. Uh, so I thought it was appropriate to discuss what are some of the best hip hop album closers. Um, in the beginning of the season, we talked about some of the best intro tracks on hip hop albums and what they were and which ones we liked and why. So I thought it only best to close out the season the same way and discuss album closers. But question to you all, first of all, what what to you all, what makes a good album closer on a hip hop album? Um, 
a sense of finality. So it needs to be either a like really high energetic closer or like it should be extreme one way or the other. It should kick the energy way, 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 way up. Like like the last show at a concert, that's just gonna have you hype when you leave. Or it needs to be very, very quiet and come to like a dramatic close. Agreed. And I think what I think a lot of people make the mistake of having those type of tracks toward the end of the album and then spoil it by putting one more track on. Yeah. I was thinking that with uh we did an album face off recently. It was uh oh, I don't remember it. It was the it was Smith and West and the Shining versus Nocturnal uh by Helta Skelta. And I remember for both of those albums thinking, man, y'all should have just ended this a track earlier. Right. Because they have they both have final tracks that just kinda just meander on and on and it's like, yo, we've heard the best stuff already, like end it, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I think I think the final track, I believe a great final track is all the things you mentioned, Jamil. Um, you know, a sense of finality. It should be a a a, a punctuation mark or, or a, a, even better, an exclamation point for the end of the album. You know, especially if what you've given us so far has been good or dare I say great. And I believe the album closer should be one of the best three songs on any album. Mm-hmm. You know, for it to be a good closer, and just it's it's the opportunity for the artist to just stick the landing. Cause I don't know, man, having a good final track. I mean, that could. I'm not gonna say it can make or break an album, but it could definitely it color makes your. You want to listen to it again? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, if the if the last song you heard was kind of average or you know not very you know just not very memorable, then yeah, you're gonna be hesitant to hit the replay button. But um, being a a classic, you said do what again? It can make or break it from being a classic or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. All right. So with that said, uh, I'm going to give the floor to you all, man. What are you all's favorites or what you all feel are, are the best or greatest hip hop album closers out there uh, and, and final tracks. Now, if you got them, if you got them numbered or ranked, that's fine as well. I'm a madman, So of course I, I did, I ranked mine 10 through one, but I get a floor to you all. I didn't rank mine. I just kind of was randomly trying to think of ones that, uh, that were actual like outro tracks. Cause a lot of them that I thought of, well, like I said, it would be, um, toward the end and then it gets spoiled by something else like uh an example of that would be the roots the tipping point in love with the mic mm. that could have been a dope closer but it wasn't because they had another track after that wait 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 you didn't like the apache's revenge i don't think apache was, that wasn't it on that album was it i thought uh the one after that was uh was um thirsty no hold on let me pull it up just so just so i'm clear because you have oh you're right no no the last track was why and then the second the the first hitting track was in love with the mic then the third hitting track was apache's revenge you're right thirsty was on another album that was on uh phonology i'm tripping i'm tripping i mean still it's still qualified that being said I, i forgot all about that track jamil yeah 
Apache's Revenge is probably the probably the one. I mean the whole the whole track the the uh, the, the the three tracks in one rather I should say. Yeah, I guess it's technically one. <laughs> so if you count all three, then that's that's one that counts for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll hedge my bets on that one. Yeah, um, that's a that's a good pick. The first one that came to mind actually though was off an album that a lot of people don't like. But this track is it's a crazy track and it is like an ill way to end the album. Undying Love off the I Am album. Oh, okay. Because it is quite the exclamation exclamation point to a song and an album for sure. I forgot that was the last track on there, honestly. It wouldn't have made sense for it to be anywhere else. Like that's that's a perfect way to end the album, I think. Indeed, indeed. It's it's it's, it's gruesome for sure, but it's a it's a good album closer. Um even though I feel Nas has oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Nah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now I was just gonna say I think Nas has at least two other album closers that I will put above it. Above Undying Love. But uh but go on, go on. That's fair. Um also uh, Biggie, Suicidal Thoughts. That's another one that's, you know, exclamation point. Yeah. Um, Eminem back to back with his first two albums. Uh, I still don't care. And Criminal. <laughs> I still don't care. <laughs> Actually, a Criminal, I don't know, Criminal less so. I think it, it, it was obviously intended to be a continuation of what he did on that on the Slim Shady LP, but the way that that one closed the album was was crazy because he was just so so defiant yes you know in the intro in the intro speaking and he goes bananas on that one yeah i forgot about still don't give a f uh from slim shady that that was a amazing uh outro or a closer because i remember <clears throat> first time I, I listened to that album all the way through that was the song that was on my mind when when I got done listening to the whole album. Like that yes. was the song that was stuck in my head. Yes. Like he let you know I'm 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 for real about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I cannot get that song out of my head. I couldn't wait to listen to it again. Um, couple more, and then I and then I'll pass the mic. Uh, Kanye, last call. Just I thought that was a, a nice way to end it. It's a long track, but I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. A day in the life of Andre Benjamin. Off Woo. of uh, I was wondering if someone was gonna bring that up, bruh. And it's unfinished. That's that's the part that makes yeah. me mad. It's kind of dope that it was unfinished because you hear him discussing it afterwards. That was a cool way to do it, but like you could tell that he was only about halfway through the verse because he basically talking about his first card it was so much more to go yeah um but it's the context he gave you around the car all the yes. stuff going on in his life and you know what you want to Cadillac now these are these are these I know she was wondering are these niggas in the hills uh are these niggas in here after something selling crack sack by sack so they could function well, well, well yeah, yes and no yes we <laughs> yes, were selling, selling it but it. no it wasn't blow <laughs> Cook it in the basement and move it, it at the it show. At show. <laughs> and macaroni niggas. Imposters. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, good call, I, man. Good call on now. Two more that I'm tapping out because we could probably do this all night. <laughs> um, 
Duckworth off the Dizzle album mm. from Kendrick Lamar. Could have been an outro, could have been an intro, depending on how you listen to it. Man, you right on that one, though. And then, last but not least, just for fun, uh, Grand Finale by Lil John <laughs> off of the, uh, I think it's the Crunk Juice album. It's like Ice Cube, Bun B, Jadakiss, T.I., uh, somebody else. It's just super high energy, and you got all these MCs on this like super loud and brass track. I think it was a pretty cool way to end it. Not the greatest song in the world, but it's 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 a cool song to end the album with because of the energy that you ended with. Okay, okay. Like you said, it was, it was for fun. I that is a track I am unfamiliar with. I, I've never listened to a Lil John album. Um, and I'm probably not going to start anytime soon. Oh, no, so. you, should. you should. You should absolutely do that. But uh, I will tell you, I'll take your word for it. I'll probably check out the track. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm going to listen to a whole Lil John album, but I, I'll definitely check out the track on your recommendation. That is a great list, man. Grand Finale by Lil John, Duckworth by Kendrick Lamar, uh, Day in the Life of Andre Benjamin, man. Um, Last Call by Kanye, Criminal by Eminem. Still don't give a F. Also by Eminem. Suicidal thoughts. Uh, quick, quick, few words on suicidal thoughts, man. Yeah, just, just. Oh my God, that 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 song, that album needs to be studied, man. In like sociology courses, like right, right. You know, just his whole mind state coming out the streets, man, and like the fatalistic attitude that a lot of black men have, and um, you know, definitely had back then. Great great track man gripping um Nas, undying love and then the roots closer on tipping point which was basically three songs in one why in love with the mic and apache's revenge uh okay all right i I like those man i like those all right vince man you you got your favorite or in your opinion the greatest album closers for us well um i will say infrared Mm. That's one of the latest ones. Yeah. Wait, who made infrared? Push. Oh wait, Pusha T. Okay, okay. Seven song album that the, that uh, Kanye was doing with it, with his whole group. You know, his old his artist or whatever. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. Okay. Pusha T's was the only one that was worth talking about. To be honest, his seven song album. Mm, the Nas one was cool too. And the KC Ghost was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Cuddy, Cuddy ain't really my my, my steez, but I, it's I mean, definitely not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's not for everybody. But I mean, I, I I hear the I hear the craftsmanship and what he's doing, but yeah, it's just ain't for me. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was good, but like push the tees stood out amongst all the other ones. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, I'll go. It ain't hard to tell, Nas. Mm-hmm. Um, you did the suicidal thoughts. Um, this is the one that's powerful. Kendrick Lamar, high power. Mm-hmm. That right like there. 80. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm, okay. You said Duckworth because that <laughs> Kendrick knows what he's doing. That's all I'm gonna say. This man knows how to craft 
big album. That's, I will say that. And Meek Mill thinks he could. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the game. Why you hate the game? What album was that from? That was from. Uh, that was the. Uh, man, I I only ask because I want to check it out because I actually have never listened to a game album all the way through. Oh, I'm about to find out now. Yeah, I was about to consult. Yeah, the game album. Consult the Googles. Right. You said it's called Why You Hate the Game. Yeah. That is from, that's from uh, Doctor's Advocate. Doctor's Advocate. Then you got. Well, was the beat particularly banging? Was was what he was 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 the lyrics he was spitting dope? Like it was, it, it's all of it. It just it ended the album well. Like you just have to listen to it, and you'll be okay. you'll understand why. Like because a lot of people aren't impressed by the game that much, but, but he's he's a solid he's a solid artist. He he checks he checks the boxes as far as hip hop. Um, you know, he might not be a cup of tea, but he does check the boxes. You know, game, game. I, I got no problems with game. He, he's a, he's an artist who's gotten better with time. You know, I, I felt he was a little gimmicky when he first came out, but I actually thought the further, the more, the more distance he put between him and Fifty and June and all that, I actually feel the better he got. I, I, I think yeah. his best albums were the ones that he put out. Uh, what within the past three or four years? Yeah, yeah. When people started tuning out, tuning them out to something great. He became like an old, uh, an OG in the game to some, you know, some people. Like he became. Yeah, yeah G- Jesus Peace and um, 1992 were dope to me. Yeah. But um, okay, to continue, regrets for Jay Z. Ah, uh, good one. Gotta put for your eyes only on J Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I actually. I like the outro for Four Seals Drive too, but it's just entirely too long. Like I like the beat, and I like that it was celebratory, but it was just so long. It was, it was, it, it kind of almost ruined the the experience for me. Yeah, it was so long. I like the song. I like the beat though. Uh, I like what he did as far as the actual outro, but then he's just doing all of that talking. It, 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 it felt like some logic type stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that, that could that could definitely take away from the outro if it's just too long. Like, like, okay, yeah, you got a little space on the end of the album to stretch out a little bit and 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 you know get comfortable. But man, don't 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 be taking no 10, 11, 12 minutes to wrap your album up. That's just you just you put a big middle finger in my face as the listener. Like, right? <laughs> like, ah, oh, you ain't got nothing else better to do. Like, like. <laughs> Shout this, this this twelve minute uh, outro. You gonna listen to this? Shut down and shut up. <laughs> you ain't got ish to do, you know. We go Kendrick Lamar again on the Pimple Butterfly, Mortal Man. Mm. Mm, you know what? I thought about that one, but I was like, is it one of the best three songs on that album? And I, hey, that's 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 a resounding no. Yeah, well, when um, when you you uh, you might not be able to use that criteria for every artist because <laughs> you know some artists, man, almost every song is just like that dope. Yeah, true. 
you know, you can do that with, with the average artist, but you know, Kendrick Lamar, man, it's, he's a whole nother beast. I would have to say, even though I'm not the hugest, I'm not a huge Tupac fan, but against all odds on a Machiavelli. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I don't know that I've ever actually heard it. You, you have it? Not that I can recall. You, you've heard it. I think you just don't recognize it. Once you, once you hear it, you'll be like, oh, I remember this. You're probably right. I'll be hearing Tupac songs that don't know where they come from. I do know that he's going to talk about uh, Enemies and Hennessy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I and do know that. Like, you forgot about the penitentiary. And the penitentiary. <laughs> 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 So yeah, that that, that, I, I, that was to name a few. I'll leave some out for you because, you know, uh, Jamil said some of mine as well, but I don't know. No, you good, man. That just, that just means that we listened to the same albums and we grew up in the same era, you know? That's real. We know good music. All right, all right. <clears throat> um, so Vince, you had Against All Lives, Tupac on the Machiavelli album. Mortal Man by Kendrick off to Pimp a Butterfly for Your Eyes Only by J. Cole. Uh, Regrets by Jay-Z. Uh, wait, was that that was from, was that the Black Album or? Yeah. Regrets, that was from Reasonable Doubt, I believe. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm way off. Okay. Yep, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Reasonable Doubt. Uh, Why You Hate the Game by The Game off Doctor's Advocate. Duckworth by Kendrick Lamar. High Power by Kendrick Lamar. Illmatic, um, Illmatic's closer. It ain't hard to tell by Nas and Infrared by Pusha T. Dope list, man. Dope list. All right, <clears throat> for myself at number ten. Uh, these were these was this was my list of dopest album closers. Number ten is it's an odd one because it is an instrumental. And at number ten, I got most deaths made through December. The closer from mm. Black on Both Sides. Okay. Great. <laughs> great track man like like that was the first time i ever heard an album you know concluded with an instrumental and a dope one at that and it wasn't just like a basic oh you can freestyle over this type of song it was it was its own organism you know what i mean and it it encapsulated the feel of the album very well because he had given you so much good classic material up until that point you're just like man how is he gonna How's this dude gonna, gonna finish this album? You know, like, like how's this gonna end? And then he ends it with an instrumental. And it's just like, to me, that was just one of the most chill things you could do and dope things and original ways you could close an album. Um, yeah. And number nine, I have Sunshine by De La Soul, uh, the album closer for Stakes Is High. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunshine is probably one of my top three favorite De La songs. De La Soul songs, period. Just a great, you know, uplifting, but also kind of funky track. And De La and they prime, man. Um, you know, sharp wordplay and all of that. And number eight, I got Twice in a Lifetime uh, by Blackstar. Uh, the closer mm. Blackstar album. Uh, Forgot that was the closer. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, dude, we used to freestyle to that a lot back in the day. Uh, that, yes, that indeed. Um, featuring Wordsworth, Punchline, and Jane Doe, you know, ending a ending a track with a posse cut, you know, is it's not it's not an an original, a completely original idea by the time they had done it, but you know, many many other artists had did it before, 
and um, you know it, it, it works. Posse cuts, cuts work often as album closers, and that's that's an exceptional one. Um, number yeah, seven. Everybody brought it on that one. Yeah, yep, and everybody brought it. Absolutely, absolutely. And number seven, I got a few words for the firing squad. Um, mm. the, the album closer from Run the Jewels Four. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great track, man. Like, if that was the last track Run the Jewels ever records, they 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 ended their run exceptionally. It was defiant. It was in your face. It was cathartic. You know the, the 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 imagery of the two of them facing the firing squad that they painted was was just great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is this is probably how we're gonna go out. So <laughs> here's here's one more for the road. Uh, number six, also a Run the Jewels track, a Christmas effing miracle mm-hmm. from the first Run the Jewels. You know. Again, just a great motivational track, an uplifting track. They, they're touching on, you know, the backgrounds that they kind of grew up in and what's keeping them motivated to make music. Even got a little rock guitar thrown in at the end. Um, it just, just blends perfectly with LP's production. Um, number five, I got Biggie. You're nobody till somebody kills you. Um, mm-hmm. The album closer on Life After Death. Uh, that was also Chastity's pick <laughs> that she that she sent me when I when I sent her the syllabus. Um, just the eeriness of that track, like you know, this album comes out two weeks after he's murdered, and the last track is "You're Nobody Till Somebody Kills You." Yeah. Not to yeah. mention Duke Elaine, what's his name? Dark skin Jermaine. See what I mean? <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> Oh man, we used to we used to quote that at work. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all have somebody? Uh, yeah, we had a we had a dark skin Jermaine. Ah, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Dark skin Jermaine. See what I mean? <laughs> shout, shout out to that. Um, number four, reflection eternal for women. Mm, that's another good one. The album closer from Train of Thought. Um, it was it was yeah, anybody else called Auntie? She'll burn the whole dang place down. Maybe up. Yep. It was it was a man. That was just a great track. I, and another track I I had never heard nothing like that before. No, you know? no. You know, and he was reworking the whole Nina Simone's you know song. You know, but he put his own twist on it and he gives you the breakdown of four different black women in their lives and the struggles they went through through their lives and they all went through something different. And it just really, it, the track is ahead of its time, man. Like, Usually. you could drop that today and, you know, it, it'd be just as hard hitting. You know, we live in an age where um, people have very simplistic ideologies and they, look at certain groups a certain way and they paint them all with the same brush mm-hmm. and this was Talib Kweli's way of saying look this woman's struggle is one thing this woman's struggle is another thing this woman been through this and it was just it, it, it was just an amazing track <clears throat> he took his time with it you know high tech did a great job on the beat great great song that, that's number four number three 
I got Chunky Fire by Outkast. Outkast, yeah, man. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised neither one of y'all mentioned this. But um, I didn't want to take them all. <laughs> that's a, that's um, definitely up there. Yeah, Chunky Fire by Outkast to close out of Quimini. Great track. I don't even know what they're rapping about, but it's just a great track. It's, High energy. Yeah, man. Just, just check it out if you haven't checked. I mean, like, if you haven't heard Chunky Fire by Outkast, like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, check it out. Um, and number two, um, I got De La Soul again featuring MF Doom with Rock Cocaine Flow. Uh, the album closer I for that was the closer. Yeah, yeah, the album closer for Grind Date. Well, I mean, what can I? What else can I say about that track that hasn't already been said? Like the beat is just so. It's just so. It's just so head nodding, and then the moments in the beat where they speed it up and then slow it down, and then speed it up and slow it down, and then they match their right. And then, oh, and then it just starts all over again. And then and then they time their flows with the beat speeding up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing down. Great track. MF Doom and De La Soul, not a combination I saw coming. But man, boy, did it work. Boy, did it work. One of my favorite songs from, from either artist, uh, Rock Cocaine Flow. And then finally, the number one spot, I also have Nas, Ain't Hard to Tell. Uh, from Illmatic, you know, in, in a lot of circles, you know, the hip hop intelligentsia will make the argument that Illmatic is the greatest hip hop album of all time. I disagree. It's up there, but I, I disagree. I could probably name three albums from 96 better than Illmatic, in my personal opinion. But I do think Illmatic had the greatest album closer of all time with uh, It Ain't Hard to Tell. Uh, the way they freaked that Michael Jackson sample. Uh, who who did that? Was it was it Premiere or Large Pro? I think that was Large Pro. Give me a second though. Yep, Large Professor. Okay, okay, Large Professor. Okay. All right, so that's that's my list, man. That's my list. Thank you. There there there's a couple of honorable mentions I think that are worth checking out though. One of which being Truth by Feral Monch. Yes. The, Featuring Common and um, and Talib Kweli, uh, Bible uh, on Jizz's Liquid Swords, mm-hmm. um, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, dope track. Um, also, what else do I got down? Dead Press, The Pistol off uh, Let's Get Free, and also De La Soul's Closer on Bionics, Trying People. And mm. um. Black Thought, both of his streams of thought. The volume one, where with thank you. Thank you and conception. Yeah. And conception on the second. Thank you felt like a, you ain't gotta go home. Like, thank you for coming out. I holler at y'all later. You ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get out of here. That's what the, that's what <laughs> dope. Um, so that was, that was great. And uh, conception was nice too. Yeah, conception was dope. It definitely, that, definitely deserves an honorable mention i was i was actually listening to that the other day <laughs> absolutely all right all right so there you have it folks man those are the songs that we've earmarked as the best album closers that, that wrap up uh their respective lps just 
gracefully and greatly and um are definitely worth checking out i mean they the, the all these songs come from albums that are worth checking out but you know these tracks really put a bow on, on the end of it so uh, yeah feel free to check them out all right so with that uh we could we could spend a few minutes on this i wanted to give the floor to you all since this is our closer episode for the season i wanted to get you all's final thoughts on dave Chappelle's special the closer you know there's been some blowback we we me and chas touched on a little bit last episode what what are y'all's thoughts on the whole um what am i trying to say here uh i i i don't want to call it controversy because it feels like manufactured controversy to me but what do y'all think of the discussion around his jokes uh being insensitive being transphobic how netflix has responded is there another way to look at this that everyone's kind of ignoring what 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 are y'all's thoughts definitely another way to look at it that everybody's ignoring it's jokes (laughs) (laughs) really is that sound it's jokes. Dave Chappelle doesn't have any angst or any anything negative towards the LGBTQ. He he makes jokes about himself in reference to like homosexual stuff sometimes. So like <laughs> I don't even know why. Get carrots. I don't even know why. But I do, but you know what what it is is that he makes the best jokes about them. So and he, he finds a way to sneak it in. And he does that. He 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 likes to he likes to do that whole I'm not saying you fat, but type of jokes when it comes to them. So that's that that I think that that's what method bothers me. But I mean, it's just jokes. He talks about everybody and everything, and he also he always has some type of um, important racial slash political point to put behind it. So I don't even see why, like, and see what it is, is that I think that community just, like, they have the, uh, they have the Trump card to just say, if you say anything about us, period, we don't care what you say. As long as it's just something we don't like, we can pull the card on it. No matter if it makes sense, no matter if it's, it's shedding light to something politically or racially that shouldn't be taking place. We ain't concerned with that. We just the fact that you said something about us. We can we can pull we can pull the trunk card. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what are your thoughts, Jamil? Um, I've kind of not really got involved in this because I haven't watched it yet. I mean, I know what some of the discord around it is, um, but I haven't actually heard the jokes, so I don't really have a solid solid take on it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, bro! I gotta um, you may you may have to edit this out. I gotta actually tap out. I tried to shoot you a text to be a little more discreet about it. But yeah, I gotta uh, I gotta tap out a little early this this evening. My apologies. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. All right, now they proud, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, we'll see you next season. Yes, indeed. All right, man. I'll holler at you. We'll Later. Oh, Jamil. Yo. Real quick, album face off. Who you got? I was trying to leave before I got that. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, Renner Jewels. <laughs> okay, all right, very well. I wish I, I wish I had time to explain, but I'm going Renner Jewels. Okay, then for sure, for sure.
If you can hop All back right. on, feel free. Yeah. Okay. Then. All right. All right. All right. So, yeah, yeah, I, I feel you, Vince, with it just being jokes. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that I, I think a lot of people just got the wrong read on his commentary, you know, because, you know, as I stated before, a lot of his commentary on the LGBTQ community and, and their progress, he, he just straight up said it. He, he was like, it's not that I, I hate them. He was like, but as a member of the black community, I'm jealous of the progress they've made. And, you know, a lot of his humor was aimed at society and their readiness to, you know, grant them certain provisions when they're not granting black people very basic provisions and and human rights. And that's what his humor was kind of aimed at, you know, but it's unfortunate when you see people like, you know, Donald Trump Jr. or Fox News and people obsessed with, quote unquote, canceling cancel culture, you know, now all of a sudden caping for Dave Chappelle you know, and they're not defending him because they they agree with his points that that black people should be given a listening ear. They they're caping for him because the LGB what he said has the LGBT people uh, in, in, in such a in such an uproar and whatever wrinkles with them they're they're, they're going to just automatically champion. Um, and I, I think identity has a lot to do with it too. With him not being a member of the LGBT community, I think people kind of naturally just bristle at his jokes you know what i mean like you know dave Chappelle is the same dude that quit his show because he didn't like how a certain white person was laughing at a particular joke a racially colored joke you, you recall that story events no i don't but i can see that happening okay he he went when in one interview when asked about why he quit the Chappelle show he referenced do you remember the pixie skit um yeah you have to run through it again okay the pixie skit where a person if a minority was in a situation where they felt that they were in danger of displaying a certain stereotype an invisible pixie would pop up in their mind and 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 who and who who basically characterized that stereotype and would like taunt them. You, you remember that skit? Oh yeah, I could, yeah, yeah. When he was on the airplane and and, and, yeah. the, and, and the Black Pixies were playing a banjo and whatnot. That was a skit he said he didn't sit well with him because a certain white person in the audience was laughing in a way that kind of bothered him. And it, it, they were laughing in a way that made him feel as if they're not laughing with me, they're laughing at me. And that didn't sit well with him, you know. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe these people feel that that's what's happening in their case. That that these jokes he's telling are not causing people to laugh with them, but laugh at them. I guess, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, at some level, laughing at somebody is okay too. Because one thing about it is. No, no, nobody on any, there's a level of seriousness that takes away from the fun of life. Like when you're taking yourself too seriously, like I can be laughed at and laughed with. Like I don't take myself that seriously. So, you know, you can tell a joke about me, I can laugh at it. Now, if it's, if it's a, if there's like this 
like something extremely negative, then, you know, I get it. But at the same time, he's a comedian. Like their whole, their whole career is based off of edginess. So like you, you know that going in. It's not like some random guy on the street. It's like a comedian is getting paid to be edgy. That's what you listening to them for. So like all of that, all of the knowledge of and the things that you give credence to based off of that goes out the door with the LGBTQ community. It's like none of that is taken into consideration, which is, and that's the weird part to me. But there's somebody that's in that community so that so basically it would mean that anybody in that community can't make jokes about a straight person. Mm, okay, yeah. The way, the way they um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. So it's like, well, y'all can't make a joke about a straight person because you all aren't living that that narrative, or you're not living that lifestyle. But they do it all the time. Why is it okay for them to? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think the I, I think the other factor here is that they, you know, people from that community are often, um, you know, vict- I'll just say, are victims of violence, and because they, you know, they see themselves as as a somewhat oppressed group, they feel that certain comedy, oh, it, 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 when certain people speak on them, it might give other people the green light to attack them in other ways. For instance, you know, like it's it's one thing for a coworker to be like, y'all, man, I don't agree with vaccines. Uh, I think vaccines are dangerous. You shouldn't get vaccinated. It's another thing for Joe Rogan to say that because of Joe Rogan's platform. You know, when you've got I don't know how many people watch his show, I, but I take it. I know it's in like the tens of millions, you know, listen to his podcast. But yeah, when Joe Rogan says, yeah, I don't think vaccines should be you know you should take the COVID vaccine now all of a sudden your your words are reaching so many more people than that co-worker at your job who's anti-vax and you have people who are going to take their marching orders from him and be like oh if Joe Rogan feels this way then yeah I'm not going to get a vaccine either you know and then that starts to adversely affect society and you know with Dave Chappelle being the most critically acclaimed comedic voice of our generation I think they feel that his voice is going out to so many people reaching so many people it it, it could potentially make things worse for them but I mean anyone anyone who's like oh Dave Chappelle cracked a joke about a trans person I guess I'll go out and beat them up anyone who's doing that is an idiot and there's not that many people like that anyway if you were going to beat up trans people you were going to do that regardless of what Dave Chappelle had to say Exactly, and then like to put that on Dave Chappelle, the thing about him is that he's too intellectual. His jokes are not two plus two equals four. Like he has a message within his jokes, so he's not just. Man, to be honest, Dave Dave Chappelle, he doesn't even really tell jokes. He just talks to you. Yeah. He just has a conversation, and it's a it's a witty conversation. That's what it's evolved. He's evolving to. Um, he started out as a comedian, but now he just talks to you. and just talks about life. And what he does is he shares life. He shares life on the um, the absurdity of certain things on all aspects of life. And he also talks about the um, like unfairness 
through his jokes, like comparisons. So I just don't see how a person, like a person that that um, shallow thinking, it wouldn't be Dave Chappelle's jokes about the LGBT community that would make them do anything because he's too deep thinking and too intellectual for a person that thinks like that to run off, you know, run off of his joke. It would have to be somebody else. I just yeah. yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. There's you know. not afraid to go there. You know, Chappelle is not afraid to go there. Like he has, he has the strength of turning down, running, from, running away from fifty million dollars to to say what he has to say. He's yeah. uncancelable. If you try, but you can't cancel. You can't cancel Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle yeah. will, will. I mean, do comedy. Can't, I mean, can't cancel to me. Cancel culture ain't, ain't even real to me. Like that's just. That's just a term invented by people who want to be dismissive of, of I don't know, pro- pro- progressive ideals. Like, like no, no one ever really gets canceled, really. Like, only person who's, who, I, I mean, I was going to say, only person who's been canceled was Cosby, but he ain't even really completely canceled. Or, or may, maybe OJ Simpson. I don't know. But, like, it's, it's not even, I don't even see it as cancel culture. I see it as consequence culture. Like, you know, if, 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 you know, as a coach in the NFL, you sending racist emails off to other people. Like, you know, you you lose your job because of it. I mean, I would lose my job because of that. If if, if my if I sent out a racist email on my job and, and and a certain person saw it, I would get fired. So that's not that's not cancel culture. That's just that's just consequences for being a a, a, a terrible human being. So I don't even I don't even go in for all that whole cancel culture stuff. It's like. You know, certain people want to have the freedom to say things that they know are racist, that they know are xenophobic, and they don't want nobody, um, you know, inconveniencing them by telling them they can't say this stuff. And, you know, that's why I don't believe in, in, in council culture is even real. Like, look at Mel Gibson. Look at all the stuff he said. He still got a career, you know. Roman Polanski. Um, you know, it's it's... It's, that's not council coach is not even really real you know so it, you know I, I, I don't think it'll ever really come for Dave Chappelle like that but um, well I do like the way you said it and also like if but if there is a council culture the only way a person can be canceled is if they're a part of the machine like if you aren't part of that machine and your your fans or what you do isn't involved with the mainstream stuff, then how can you be canceled? Like Kevin Hart, for instance. If there is a, if there is some, if, if, if there is a cancel culture that exists, he can be canceled because he is definitely a part of the machine. Um, but then you have other people like Corey Holcomb, who is <laughs> because he ain't part of the machine. So some people, some people can't be canceled. Yeah, yeah. Corey Holcomb is a different breed, man. He, oof, yeah, that dude, that yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, man. I, I've heard him say some stuff. I was like, ooh, that was kind of rough. Like, I know these are jokes, but man, dude, like. Oh yeah, that dude is hilarious, though. <laughs> yeah, that dude, man. He, yeah, you, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, he's not part of the machine. So, or 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 a guy like 
I don't know if you know this guy, Anthony Jesselman. I don't know him, no. Oh, he is. He says the worst jokes that you could ever say. Wait, you talking about that white dude? Yeah. Okay. I I think I have seen him once or twice. Like every single joke he says, you should cancel him for. But that's what his that's what he does. So you can't cancel him because that's what like that's what he's there for. But is he as a bankable comedian as Dave Chappelle? Um no, but but no, but there is a pocket. I don't know if he wants to be. But there's also a pocket of people that I, I think the, any comedian would want to be look, looked at in the same light as Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, as far as maybe maybe critical acclaim in terms of their career, but you know some people they don't want to even make that level of money because they would be too too famous. I would say they can't walk around the street without being bothered all the time. But you know, and I don't know if that's him, but I'm just saying like. What Anthony Jeselnik does, people are going like you. You you go to see him. You're searching that out, so you already know ahead of time what you're going to see. It's like, oh, I want to see somebody that's going to say the worst things to say. So because people are avidly seeking that out, nobody that doesn't want to see what he's doing will go see. Will go to his show. Okay, so you, you're going to hear the shocking jokes. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's like, like, oh, they, because everybody, like, his reputation precedes him, just like Corey Holcomb. Like, nobody goes to a Corey Holcomb show not expecting what he's about to do. They're actually trying to see the most, the craziest thing he can come up with. Right, right, right. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but that's, you know, Dave is one of those dudes. He, you know, he's. He doesn't care what other people think. He, he's got his fans. He's got his 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 lane, and I, you know, he just ain't he ain't gonna cow to, to to whoever, you know. Himself before he let somebody he let anybody cancel, and then just come back five years later doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he did. <laughs> How you gonna cancel him? He already it's like. You can't cancel me. Yep. All right. All right. So this will take us to our album Face Off for the Night. This album Face Off is uh, two kind of left field albums, uh, but quality albums nonetheless. The first one being the third album from Killer Mike and LP, Run the Jewels 3. Uh, like I said, this is their third LP. It was released on December 24th, 2016 on RTJ Incorporated. Uh, it clocks in at 51 minutes and 14 tracks produced entirely by LP. And in the other corner, we have uh, Victor Vaughn, a.k.a. MF Doom, with his album Vaudeville Villain which was his third album at the time, released uh, September 16, 2003 on Sound Inc. Records, clocking in at 56 minutes and 17 tracks, produced by RJD2, King Honey, Heat Sensor, Max Bill, and Mr. 10. Now, I'll, well, Jamil already weighed in. He he was going in for, he was putting his his support behind the Run The Jewels 3 album. Didn't have time to, to, to give us the reasons, but We'll mark him down for that. But I'm going to give the floor to you, Vince. Uh, did you get a chance to check these albums out? 
And if so, which one were you feeling more and why? Well, I didn't really get a chance to check them out again, like as far as a review. Um, but what I remember of, uh, neither of them are really like my cup of tea. They are not bad. <laughs> like they, they, I, that's, I love the fact that Royce came up with that checking boxes phrase because it, it means that means so much. Like they check the boxes, but it's just it's not my cup of tea. But um, I got you. I would say out of the two cups of tea, Ron the Jewels three has a little bit more sugar in it. Um, <laughs> Pause. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a sweeter album. You know, it it uh. It's, it, it tastes a little bit better, you know, as far as my palate, my, my uh, hip hop palate. You can't help but be impressed by the prickly, the prickly lyrics that they, they intersperse in the Run of Jewels album. Like they, I, I like that prickly. That is, that is definitely an apt term to describe how they rhyme. <laughs> Yeah, because they hit you. It's like they stick you a little bit with these little, these little jokes of uh, thought throughout the entire album. That's just the whole. That's just their writing process, and they do it. They do it uh, in their own way. They have a different. You know, they don't rap the same way. Um, no, they don't. Um, I'm forgetting the dude's name. Black guy, I'm forgetting his name. I don't know how I'm doing it. Uh, oh, Killer Mike. Killer Mike is truly southern. He's southern with with education behind him. Like he's well versed. He's knowledgeable. And then uh, I'm forgetting the other name. LP. He um yeah, LP. He is a true lyricist. Like he comes from the he comes from that that pocket of the multi-syllabic style, but they both hit you with those little, like I said, like, it's like a cactus style they have, where it's like, you fall into that cactus, you're gonna get, you gonna get hit with a bunch of little thoughts they leave with. Yeah. Um, so I like that album better. Okay, so you're going with the Run of Jewels. Was, 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 the, was there anything about the production that stood out to you? Well, the thing about his production is, it's not bad, but either you like it or you don't. So there are songs where it's like, oh, I like that. And then the song's like, I don't like that at all. So, <laughs> but I think, I think he does that on purpose because it's like, he's pushing the edge. It's like, it lends to the way that they make music, the way they create music, it lends to that. But that doesn't mean that that's like my cup of tea. But I do appreciate somebody that will try to push the envelope because you know you come, you push the envelope. Greatness comes from that. Can't always just be in your comfort zone, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, doing doing what everybody else is doing, you know. Gotcha. You need to have some outliers. You have to have them because it challenges the um, evolution of the next generation. Like, you gotta have it. Like, Eminem, he needed to, he needed to exist. (laughs) 
But, you know, I think, it, you know, people like that need to exist because they push the envelope. So yeah, that, they, they let you know what 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 you what can be done. It's like, you know what, y'all, yeah, y'all ain't got to rap about the same things all the time. You can rap about this and yeah. make it sound yeah, like growing up in a trailer park. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, re- I remember, no, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that, that's necessary. Yeah, yeah, it pushes the culture forward, man. You know, I remember LP making a statement that he wanted his production to sound like the the soundtrack for the movie, a potential soundtrack for the movie Blade Runner. And when he said that, I instantly understood what he meant and his style all of a sudden began to make sense to me. Um, oh, I just that's when you said it. Right, right, see? See? So, um, you know, and I, I began to appreciate it a little more. Um, because it's like, okay, this is a world he's building with his production. And in terms of Run the Jewels, you, you, you hard, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a rap duo with a better, a more consistent album run as Run the Jewels. Um, and Run the Jewels 3, it's, it's got a lot of peaks and valleys in it. You know, it, it's, it's actually, it was actually my favorite Run the Jewels album until the fourth one dropped. And, you know, the messaging of the album is, is, is heavy messaging, but it's delivered in a way where it doesn't always feel heavy. And there are some songs on here where they're rapping about serious stuff where it, they, the song sounds, the song actually sounds fun. Like, don't get captured. Very, very serious things about gentrification and urban renewal and, and taxing poor people out of their homes. But it almost sounds like a semi-party anthem a little bit. And, you know, the Victor Vaughn album, it's, I, I feel that it's MF Doom's best album. Um, you know, he, he gives us heater after heater. He builds his own world, not just with lyrics, but with the production. It sounds very dark and foreboding, but also very futuristic and, and sci, you know, science fiction-y. You know, a lot of sci-fi imagery in here and quotables galore. Both these albums scratch a different itch for me. Um, that being said, I'm gonna give the edge to the Victor Vaughn. Reason being, I, I felt that Run the Jewels 3, like I said, it had a couple more peaks and valleys in it. I wasn't really a fan of the song Hey Kids, I wasn't a fan of Stay Gold, and I think uh, it might have been one other track, maybe 2100. I, I think uh, that I, I, you know, they're not bad songs, but they're songs that I, that I usually skip. And I felt that Victor Vaughn was a little bit more consistent. And the album is just filled with Easter eggs for comic fans. Even, even his moniker that he took on for the album, Victor Vaughn. You know, unless you read, you know, comic books, you're probably not going to catch it. You know, and it's full of just masterful, kooky storytelling, you know, sharp punchlines. And you know I'm an MF Doom stan. You know I I think I've I think I've made that clear on the show. But you know with tracks like Saliva, where he he said um, what did he say? Tell him the basics, basically break the matrix, and just for kicks make them jail like Asics. That's why they acting standoffish. Eat the beat by hand like can raw crawfish. You know like stuff like that, man. Like like lyrics like that, I just love. Um, what else did he say? Um, that was from um, that was from Saliva, and then uh, his song from uh, the song GMC, where he said, uh, <laughs> "Oh 
he said i cut I, if i cut her off i might miss her but one of these days right in the kisser she probably get mad at me i betcha it gets her nowhere like flattery she said where were you last saturday and don't lie we got your fingerprints off the battery like like stuff like that it's just like just it, it just these lines that like make you chuckle you know uh he, he's talking about all his little like sci-fi adventures and then um the track uh open mic night two where he said uh he said they used to beg him not to egg them on halloween told them holler back with the suede pumas dollar green you know what i mean heated up the temperature tarboil just like just y'all just gawk like gargoyles uh local bartenders call him barfly v mind your matters of the r.i.p he used their cds as coasters harassed the street team and graffitied up their posters don't appear too drunk and let a stare turn into a yeah you punk just just quotables yeah. galore man and yeah, he's 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 an mc that has continued to influence me in the, in the way i write and just That's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and the final the, the last leg of this album you can tell he's really having fun you know what i mean and just saying whatever to make you chuckle but he he does it in a way that's not not corny you know what i mean so yeah yeah prop props props to mf doom he will definitely be missed but that being said i gotta go with victor vaughn you and jamil are riding with the run the jewels three i totally understand this is one of those album face-offs where the winner is the audience you know what i mean so <laughs> it is what it is all right with that let's uh that will take us into our next segment what you're bumping where we invite you to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week uh so vince man this week past week or so what you been bumping oh uh, this may sound weird but jacques uh, so man like you talked I, about him before yeah and I, um vino is talented jacques is too now I know a lot of people just when he said the King R B thing and just people just ran with that. They didn't really listen to what he was saying when he expounded on it. But um he actually he's he has some talent there. It's just like you can't like don't dismiss him until you listen to what he does. Like he he has tones of Donnell Jones. He has uh you have to hear his albums to see what I'm talking about. Um, he he has a '90s feel. He does some a couple songs that have like the old school '90s feel to it, but he does it. Um, does he do it well? Yes, he does it. He does it. Well. I, I'm not a I'm not an R&B person, so you know, yeah. for I know Jaquees could be the. You know, he could could be. But the see, but I, I wouldn't know. I I I I know R&B has just as many styles as hip hop. So well. Know. He was the king of R&B until Vito stepped on the scene. Vito is talented. And see, um, I don't even know who that is. I can send you. He's the one that. He's the guy that had that maybe a year, two years ago. Had that uh, that song that went very viral. That you got it. Like, get your hair done. Uh, get your credit fixed. 
Um, you know, all the, I had to, <laughs> I to funny. Yeah, I had to let you hear the song. I can send you some songs, and like, you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, these guys are talented. Um, but people just dismiss them because they're younger. Well, not Vito, but they just dismiss Jacquees because he's younger and he was, you know, he was no limit records. I mean, with uh, Cash Money records. But I mean, I, I was listening to them. I was listening to Ari Linux. That seems to be a regular thing. Um, more lo-fi because that's that's my lane now, especially. Oh, did you ever get to check out the Stimulator Jones? No, I didn't. No, okay, I didn't. okay. Um, yeah, I need to. I need to listen to that. Uh, I did listen to uh, that jazz album that uh, you guys were talking about. Uh, what's the girl's name? Uh, man, oh, I Brandy Younger. Yeah, Brandy Younger. I listened to that. That was nice. Um, by song three, that I started to get what she was doing, and yeah, that was pleasant. But. Just and just random, just random stuff. Um, I checked that Big Daddy Kane and uh, Karis One verses out. Uh, oh, was- how was that? You know what? Uh, shout out to Jason, man. He actually went to the battle in New York. Oh, he flew there. Yeah, yeah. He hit me up last week, like, like, yo, I'm about to get tickets to this battle. You want to roll? I was like, nah, man. I got, I got too much other, too short notice. You know, I, like, you know. But you know, go ahead, enjoy yourself. But yeah, he he actually went to the battle. Hey, that was so cool to see. They're truly hip hop legends. They have the essence of hip hop, man. Um, there were four elements out of the five elements of hip hop on display that night. So they did some things that they never did on verses. They had a they had a DJ battle. It was break dancers on it, uh, on the stage. Like it was a lot of things happening, man. And uh, you got to really see what MCing is. Like the breath control. What it, you know, like the, all the things it takes to be an MC. Not somebody that raps. We talking about an MC. Mm-hmm. When Karen was on stage, he brought his energy. When Big Daddy Kane was was on the stage rapping his way. He brought his his whole element, and it was just it was really like it was nostalgic, man. Mm. Who who would you who would you get an edge to in the battle if there was one? Um, well, I'm more like I know some big Daddy Kane stuff, but I'm more familiar with KRS One. But KRS One, you know, he's so everything about him is just so energetic. But you know, he's older now, so. He started to wane later on. Big Daddy came, he came with that smoothness and it lasted throughout. So uh, okay. Yeah. He, he his style does, you know, favor aging more than, than KRS one, because KRS one is very demonstrative and animated. Yeah. Yeah. And Big Daddy Kane can spit, man. I, like I knew he was cold, but like his um his lyrics still hold. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If he do. He could. He could. He could have a career now, if you ask me. Yeah, like they still hold to this day. They don't. Like, no disrespect to, to people like LL, but the yeah, songs. He, yeah, he was on. They that. don't hold. They don't hold the same umph as they did when it 
mouth. But Big Daddy Kane, the way he was spitting and the words he was using and the way he was putting it together, it still holds the same impact. Because you might not have ever heard it before, but when he was spitting it, like, oh, this is dope. Yeah, that that actually doesn't surprise me, man. I remember peeping like the the um the swaying tech uh mixtapes back in the day, you know, like the wake up show and all that, and hearing Big Daddy Kane and KRS and Kooji rapping on tracks with people like Eminem and and, and, and Tech Nine and, and uh, Cannabis and holding their own with these like you know new school wordsmiths like like actually holding their own. You know, and thinking like, man, these dudes really can spit. Like, I need to go check out their album. So, yeah, that 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 don't surprise me. That don't surprise me. You know, and, and that that kind of was what kind of motivated me doing my own research and checking out certain albums back in the day. Like, yeah, hearing them on on, on like Sway and Tech and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. I I I, I need to go check the replay on that battle. But um, myself, I have not been bumping much new, um, actually. If anything new at all, I've been bumping um, The Roots, Things Fall Apart. Uh, just felt like throwing that on. Nice fall album. Uh, I was bumping Honor Killed the Samurai by Ka. Uh, he's this, he's this uh, lyricist out of Brooklyn that I, I really am a big fan of. I've also been bumping, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Streams of Thought 2 by Black Thought. I just needed to throw that on for some reason. And I was also bumping Mr. Lith and La Orange, The Life and Death of Scenery. Uh, nice little concept album or EP or whatever. In fact, I have it earmarked for a future album face off so the crew can get to check it out because I'm really curious to get y'all's thoughts on that one. Just got to find the right opponent for it. But um, but yeah, yeah, that was basically it, man. But um. Want to send a special shout out. Jamil had to dip out a little early. Shout out to Jamil and, and, a, and a big thank you to him for holding down as the co-host uh, for all our seasons, you know, uh, one through 11. Uh, I want to thank you, Vince, and, you know, for, for carving out time away from the family like you do every week and coming on here and sharing your commentary and, uh, you know, everybody else, you know, uh, who, who comes on the show. Uh, Chaz, Fred, it's too many to name, man. <laughs> Dave, y'all know who y'all are. But yeah, that's the show, man. And like I said, we're gonna take a few weeks off uh, and just take a little break, regroup, come back fresh uh, with another season. Hopefully, if we don't get canceled after this show. <laughs> and um, yeah, there you have it, man. So I'm gonna bid you adieu, and I'm gonna say peace. All right, man. Peace. All right, peace. peace. Look, thinking faster than a blink After I smoke a rapper, pluck the ashes in his drink Don't really care what rappers think I bring it back to Cuban links The flow don't go extinct As far as quotas, I'm straight like ain't no soda in my drink Drunk on power, I swear I'm fitting to throw up in the sink Cops some sour, these coppers fitting to throw me in the clink Like a mobster, Sinatra fitting to show up with the mink Flow is bonkers, you rappers fitting to show up to a shrink Therapeutic, assume them G's I say, man, Judas, just shoot us Kindly step to the rear, grand boobers for the 
coolest old schoolers since the Sway Puma And all my carriage begin with K, not K jewelers I make maneuvers and for my family I make futures pipe full of smoke Now who wants smoke? I make hookahs uh, The same reason I don't take Ubers New York State, I don't do statements on state hey, jokers yo, face mask is Louie Uzi taped under the chair like the apocalypse Come rock me if you dare Capturing enemies, we sneaky Camel suit, call it the glamour suit Movie makers, rosy hole of nukes The code name is Turkey Wings Holding them hurt me things Personally, I change kings It's more dangerous Rap game remastered Stealth blaster Pins got hydrochloric acid Spitting your face Hit your form smashed in Yeah, we scare away And earth on the fire vocals Commons coming Behold bro, we throwing glaciers With chrome P9s on G-Time Homie Shalom Lewis Rich Peace sign is blue to Ice cold like a Michelob Load the nickel plated in the bands Playing nickel back Michigan plates Mother load This ain't chicken scratch Kicking back Scratch Then this a different batch, I'm bagging chicks With heirlooms in their earlobes The crown prince, a mirror parent Apparently, the suede trench Distinctive, rocking trinkets The banks are frequent, request the manager To speak with, you been delinquent I'm drinking mezcal with freaks out in Mesa Beach My recipe, cook the beat Like a Zescaviche, capiche You f***ing pansies, I'm buying land I'm not the type of man You can rep a man Understanding is the best part Pardon ways Like a fool in this new money Pardon my ways I don't graze I immobilize I'm over guys I'm getting paid to socialize Champagne socialist The leading vocalist Showboat, not a chauvinist Driven like a chauffeur Who dope is this? Rosenberg told me tap in The woo banger From Shaolin to Gun Room Next chamber
relationship you took that inspiration from all those people and you took that intentionality and put it into your art and now you represent that you're at the level now you're a mature enough artist in person you have a record of experience and creation long enough and deep enough to be that person for someone and could you take that in I couldn't, you know, the the one of the beauties of of the paradox of Richard Pryor. I think about it when I go through hard shit and shit like that. And like now, he's not a a biblical figure, son, but you know what he is to a, to people in our genre. And I'll think to myself, my hero felt so bad about himself once that he lit himself on fire. Just keep going. <laughs> 